Welcome to Girl Talk, where we engage in real talk and share real stories of women who have overcome by encountering the one true God. Now, here's your host, Lynn Blakeney. Welcome to Girl Talk. I'm so glad that you joined us today. It's such an honor to have our guest with us today. Joy Hosford is an amazing woman of God who has a story to tell. I met Joy while ministering with my husband, Glenn, at Revival Church in Bradenton, Florida. As I got to know Joy, I sensed a very sweet spirit within her. I was privileged to hear her story. Joy has been married for 27 years and has seven children. She's a business owner, a pastor at Revival Church, where she helps others experience healing and freedom. Joy has an amazing story of surviving childhood trauma and occult abuse. Joy, welcome to Girl Talk. Oh, it's an honor. It's really an honor to have you. And I know our guests are going to be really um, amazed at your story, at your journey. It's true, though, when you meet people for the first time, you really don't know what people have walked through. So, Joy, let's get started. Joy, tell us about your childhood. What was it like growing up? So, um, when I I was born to a woman who is disabled, and she was in a wheelchair, and um, had a lot of difficulty, you know, just getting around. And I'm, you know, I'm 47, so I was born in Mm -hmm. 1974, there wasn't the help for her being a disabled single mom that there would be today. And when I was two, it got to be very difficult for her to chase me around. Obviously, you know, two-year-olds can get into a lot. Absolutely. And and then my biological father um, had been arrested while she was pregnant with me. So she didn't have him around. She was just a single mom trying to take care of two children, actually. And Mm -hmm. um, she ended up calling the, um, you know, DCFS and asking to put me into foster care because she couldn't handle safely caring for me anymore. Right. And, um, and so then I was in foster care for, mm-hmm. from about the time I was two until about four or so. And, um, that home seemed to be a great, you know, seemed good. They mm-hmm. were very conservative Christian family. Right. Um, but they were actually um, not who they seemed to be. Wow. And there was a lot of abuse and um, wow. even like ritualistic abuse, abuse within, uh, they were Satanists, they were cult members. And so, wow. they, yeah, so they yeah. did a lot of um, abuse within a ritual setting. Okay. Um, well, Joy, isn't that crazy? I mean, when people, when children are placed in foster care, it's usually for benefit. You know, right. they usually go from a bad situation to a better situation. And we trust the government, you know, that they're going to place a child in a foster care home that will just be, you know, a much better environment, a safe environment. That's so crazy to hear. So why don't you tell us your experience? You know, some of your experiences, some of the things you went through while being in ch- uh, foster care. Now, I know you said you were two years old when you were placed there. Right. So, you know, oh, sure, yeah, sure I, was very young. Mm-hmm. I was very young. And so a lot of my memories, even just with trauma in general, mm-hmm. can be very mixed up. And what might mm-hmm. seem like was all on one day might have been mic- and on separate days or what seems like separate days might have been all on one, you know, it could be all yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just trauma in general, how people remember things. But right. with, as a young child, you know, it 
it was very foggy when I was young and I, I knew there were some things that had happened, but I didn't know the full details. And, um, I re- one memory that I had was being on the swing, um, mm. and my foster sister, it was their daughter, um, pushed me off the swing and I went and told, and I would, and I got punished and I was paddled and put mm. in the closet and left there, locked in the wow. closet and left there. Oh my goodness. And, um, and I just, it taught me not to tell, you know, to, wow. to not tell if somebody hurt me or somebody did something to me to keep, just keep your mouth shut kind of thing. Wow. That's, that's a terrible experience for somebody, especially at the age that you were at, you know, two years old or three, whatever age that happened, right. locked in the closet. Did that happen frequently? Um, I don't know how often I do know that, um, there was another time where I couldn't find, like I had to wear some special shawl or something to church and I couldn't find it. And, mm-hmm. um, I was look, and they ended up putting me in the trunk where it was kept and leaving me in there for a wow. length of time. Wow. That must've been very traumatic. Yeah. 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 So they, so that you said they went to church. So that's interesting. So this foster yeah. family that you were part of, so you attended church with them? Yes. And I, I actually have some good memories of that. I remember wow. um, when seeing a man holding his baby and throwing him up and down and catching him, not young baby, but like a toddler. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone doing that with me and just kind of a joyful time. Um, right. wow. So it's, it's nice that the Lord allows you to remember good things mixed in with some of the bad, you know, like that was, right. Right. Was so, a good thing. so you, I mean, I've heard your testimony. I've heard it. I've listened to it and you share some, you know, some very traumatic things of being abused, even sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, just share a bit of that today. So there were, you know, many times I can remember waking up to my foster father um, molesting me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there was also it done in a ritualistic setting where there's like an altar and being abused by multiple people. um, All part of worshiping Satan, basically. So Um, being abused sexually, you mean? It was part of that. It's a way um, Mm -hmm. in their minds, they're so deceived. And in their minds, they're trying to gain more power mm-hmm. and that the more they abuse and they, they, they harm animals or people or children, you know, they're the right. more power they gain. And they, I mean, in reality, they do gain demonic power. Um, okay. But that's a counterfeit, you know, to the power of God. So, so crazy. So joy um, attending church and then, um, you know, having this going on a cult, uh, practices and sexual abuse and even physical abuse. You said you were beaten, locked in a closet. That's, that's very traumatic. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just wondering, did anybody know, like, uh, you know, they attended church and obviously they really seem to deceive people. Right. I don't know that. No. I don't yeah. know if people in the church were involved at all. You know, I don't know. I don't know where, all the other people that were involved in that abuse, because it wasn't just them, you know, it was mm-hmm. a whole, like, I guess you'd say coven of um, wow. Satanists who were involved, but I don't know who all that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I believe that some people knew there was something not right. Like, because a so, the social worker that I had um, 
had made a comment when I was adopted to my adopted parents that if it was the last thing she did, she was going to get me out of there. Now, she didn't say all this had gone on. Okay. Um, Even if she had known, I don't know if she knew and just didn't have proof, so she couldn't say. Right. But she knew it was not the best place for me. She just knew it was not, that I was not thriving in that environment. Right. So even as a little child um, attending church, and did you ever, do you have any memories of you, you know, like having a relationship with Jesus, you know, in that situation? I mean, I know that you mentioned some of the memories came back later, and we'll get to that in a few moments. Mm -hmm. But I mean, do you have any memories of, you know? Yeah. So um, while in the foster care, Mm-hmm. Do I have memories of that? Yeah. Well, there was actually the part of um, the abuse was that they had someone that they called Jesus who wow. would come to me and like comfort me and clean me up and, you know, tuck me back in bed. And like, if he came, I knew that everything, when he was there, it was over. Like there was, I was safe. Wow. So this wasn't somebody, a part of the family? I don't know. A part okay. of this part of this group of okay. Satanists, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. how he was related to okay. the foster family or not, but mm-hmm. um, he and then there was a ritual that they they like to get you to participate. You know, mm-hmm. they want you to participate in abusing or whatever, and um, a really horrible ritual that they forced me to participate in. Oh and afterward, goodness. this man that had always said he was Jesus, his name was Jesus. I didn't mm-hmm. know, you know, at that young age, I didn't know that Jesus is God, that he wouldn't be right, right here on earth. Right. Yes. And, um, I, he said, he basically rejected me, pushed me away, spit on me, said, I'll never love you. You, oh. you know, I'm, you know, just complete rejection. And you know, looking back on that, you know, that was just their way to get me to reject Jesus myself and feel like I could never, I was never be um, accepted. Right. What a tactic of the enemy. Oh my goodness. And yeah. And that's something that, you know, when you go through things like that, it's not easy. It does come, it does play on us. You know, it comes back to us in ways. And Mm -hmm. um, so that the enemy is very cunning in what he does, but that's, that's horrible to have to go through something like that. I remember, um, I can say that like later in life, I knew I always kind of like there was a part of me that knew that that wasn't the real as I went to church with my adopted family, I knew that wasn't the real Jesus Mm -hmm. and that I knew I wanted to know Jesus. But then there would always be times where I didn't feel like I was accepted that I that I could ever be, you know, Mm -hmm. I know lots of people feel that in life They we, you know, we can feel like we're not it's for everybody else but us. Right. But yeah, I definitely had those kind of. Hmm. thoughts. Yeah. Well, I think when you've, like you said, when you've experienced that kind of rejection, abuse, and especially having the occult uh, rituals going on, like even being forced to do things that went against what you even wanted to do, even at a young age, you knew it was wrong. Right. Um, I mean, that would be very difficult to get over and to feel, you know, accepted. People do Uh, have difficulties forgiving themselves and understanding the love of Christ. I mean, it's a, it's a journey. That's for sure. Especially of someone like you who've been through so much trauma. So Joy, you did mention um, that you were adopted. Uh, How old were you when you were adopted? 
So about four, I went to live with my adopted family when I was probably about four and a half or so. And then it was, took about a year to finalize because the foster mm -hmm. parents actually bought it and wanted to wow. adopt. Oh no. <laughs> but thank, thank God that did not go through. <laughs> so while that was happening, were you able to stay with your uh, adoptive family? Yes. I lived okay. with them that whole time. And, um, and actually there was, um, a pretty neat experience that they do um, pre-placement like psychological testing and post-placement psychological testing and they show you pictures of objects and things and um, you know just plain pictures and the first time I before in the pre-placement mm -hmm. I was like it's a table it's a chair it's a house okay and they showed me after that and this was then presented to the judge which is probably why I um you know, the foster family, one of the reasons they didn't win. Okay. Um, after a year, they showed me the picture and I said, it's a family getting ready to have a picnic. So oh. the psychologist said she didn't know what a family was before, but now she does. She, wow. It was very methodical, like wow. um, naming what things were, but then understanding mm. a family. Wow, that's incredible. So going from foster care to this uh, family that, you know, eventually did adopt you, was mm -hmm. privileged uh, to adopt you and, and make you their daughter. So how, how did it feel going from such abuse? I mean, you did say at times you had good times with your foster family. You remember some good things. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, all the trauma. So how was that adjustment for you? Do you remember the adjustment going from that to your adoptive family? I don't necessarily, I don't remember a lot of it. Um, Worse. I didn't remember anything bad about being with my adoptive. They were great. Um, mm -hmm. I never, I, there were some times where I definitely, I was, um, my mom would say I was fearful of men. I would at church, I would cling to her and like not want to be around men. I was even afraid. I didn't really, I wasn't real comfortable giving my dad a hug or my uncles. Wow. Um, so there were, there were things like that, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't put any of that together. I don't, um, Mm -hmm. I think I really understood at that age what it all had transpired or that it was even not normal for anyone else. You know, like you just don't know. It's all you knew. So, but there yeah. were those kinds of things of being fearful of people um, mm -hmm. and a little bit more timid around men and shy sure. and just so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What an experience. So you said that uh, you mentioned with your adoptive family that you did go to church. Tell us about that. So I grew up in the Catholic church and okay. we went to church every Sunday and I would, um, you know, I, I enjoyed church actually. I liked going. Um, okay. and I, when I got to be about 12, I went to a church youth group event that I was invited to by a friend and it was like not a Catholic church. And so they had given an altar call and, I'd never heard the gospel presented that way. You know, I knew Jesus died for my sins. I knew he was the son of God, all mm -hmm. of that. But I didn't know like that you had to have a, like we were to have a personal relationship with him. I didn't understand yeah. that. part, And so it was presented like that. And I was like, well, no, I've never done that. I want to do that. <laughs> and, um, and I remember making that decision and being on the bus to go to, we were going bowling or something like that. And, just looking outside and the sky oh. looked bluer and everything looked more beautiful. And, wow. um, and afterwards wanting to, 
um, having more a desire to read the Bible and to spend time with the Lord. And, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't something I had been taught by my family. We went to church and we did those mm-hmm. things and we prayed, but we didn't know that relationship thing. Right. So um, I remembered distinctly that difference. And then, you know, as I grew, you know, you grow in your, your understanding of right. your faith and it grows with you. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really amazing. You know, at that age 12 and this happens, you have an encounter with Jesus. And I love what you said, too. You look outside and the sky's bluer. It's like the weight that was on your shoulders was lifted, right? When we come to Christ, we feel cleansed. We feel healed. Um, you know, and all that you've been through is like such a happy time for you, I'm sure. Right, right. But Joy, you know, I've, I've we've spoke. We met recently when we were in Florida. We got to get together with you. And we spoke to you, you know, regarding, you know, what happened as you got older, you grew to be a teenager as a result of all the trauma, sexual abuse, physical abuse. How did that affect you in your teenage years? So I, even as a child, I, I didn't spend a lot of time by myself. I would spend a lot of time in my room. I had no problem. To, my mom would have to draw me out. She would tell me, call a friend to come over. Mm. I just really almost preferred to be by myself. Okay. Um, and I would think like, even like when we talked about being left in the closet or in the chat, like I must, I, those are better times than going to rituals with a lot of people around. I'd rather be in the closet yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than, than at those other places. And so I, I kind of, um, internal, like went internal and, mm. um, didn't really let a lot of people in. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. And as a teenager, you know, I was, I did a lot of that. And even when I was in college, I had friends and I would hang out with my friends, but one friend in particular, it's like a timestamp in my memory that he, he would always say how I would, you can see you coming a mile away, your smile's so big, you're always happy, you know, you're always Mm -hmm. smiling. And then one day he said, nobody's ever that happy. Okay. And it was almost like the Holy Spirit was really speaking through him in that moment because Mm -hmm. he had never put that together before. And he did then, but he didn't know what. And mm-hmm. it was just this moment of realizing that that was a facade. You know, that was right. a, like a mask. Wow. Um, sure. Well, you know, that it's been said that a lot of comedians, that's why they're comedians, because it is a facade. It's a way to hide behind their pain. It's mm-hmm. a way, you know, you... you come around people and you know you become alive and you act happy like everything's good it's you know it's common how are you today i'm doing great but inside well you know really what is going on right yeah yeah and also when i was in college i there was a there's a um almost like to a day like a heavy a deep depression came on me like this heaviness I'd never experienced before and Mm -hmm. I really remember that very distinctly feeling this just heaviness and Mm -hmm. um, it probably didn't leave until much later when I went through deliverance Um, and so there was I, I believe some of some things were different things would trigger trigger things and we don't remember necessarily what happened in our mind but we remember our body remembers things our mm-hmm. our emotions remember things you know you're in an, a situation that triggers something that had happened and you re, you know maybe you lash out or you sure you withdraw or you get very sad or yes. whatever it is but um mm-hmm. i believe that's kind of what was going on at that time was um okay. things were too much, it was like getting hit with too much at once. And it was just like a, this 
dark cloud and heaviness came upon me. Yeah. I know that you mentioned to me about um, how, you know, you had fear, you know, you had to overcome fear and how you would even walk down a hallway with your back against the wall oh, yeah. and walk backwards. Tell us about that. Um, I would literally feel like something was following me and I would turn and walk it with my back to the wall, terrified mm-hmm. that there was something following me. And, you know, that could really be a demonic spirit um, sure. that was right there. So, yeah, I remember that very well. Our basement was, and a lot of people can be afraid of basements, but our basement growing up, the light switch was at the top mm. of the stairs. Okay. Terrible mm. place to be because, oh. or no, it was at the bottom of the stairs. I'm sorry. It was at the bottom. Okay. So you had to go down in the dark and then Ooh. you could turn the lights on. And then oh you, come up, you had to turn off the lights and go up. Ooh. So <laughs> you're going up the stairs with that <laughs> Sure. And I would just run up the stairs. Even as a teenager, I would just run up the stairs as fast as I could and shut the door behind me. Wow. And it's something because um, our last guest we had on, Megan uh, from Australia, Megan Retta, she shared about being locked in the closet and being terrified. Whereas you, you wanted to be isolated. For you, that was your safe place. That's when you weren't being abused or hurt. And then, and that's what, you know, you came to be in that place where you withdrew and spent long hours in your room alone. Mm -hmm. So it's a different perspective. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. So Joy, eventually uh, you got married and Mm -hmm. um, it appeared that your life had moved forward, but you were still a very broken person on the inside. Mm-hmm. How did you come to the place that you recognized your need for healing? It started with, um, there were some things going on within our family, with our children. Mm-hmm. That our pastor at the time mm-hmm. had said, that's demonic. Okay. But he didn't know what to do with it. He didn't understand okay. deliverance or anything, but he knew that there was something demonic going on. Okay. And then a really good friend of mine, I told her this, and mm-hmm. she goes, oh, I know John George. And so she she gave me his number, and we eventually connected with him, and he came to the house to pray for first me and my husband because we weren't sure what, you know, we didn't know anything about this. We didn't know if we wanted the children to see it or you sure. know, what we wanted them exposed to. Mm-hmm. And I began to go through deliverance. And okay. as... I started to go through deliverance. Um, memories would come up. Hmm. Um, very bizarre memories, you know, of this hmm. abuse. And wow. one time it was like feeling needles poking in my shoulder. And there was actually somebody who'd done that. And um, hmm. just different things like that would start to surface. And it's because we, when you go through trauma, Demons mm-hmm. attached to that, and it seems very unfair right. that the person who's being victimized ends mm-hmm. up being demonized as well. But they yes. do, they attach, they're, they're opportunistic. You know, they come in and they attach to those things. And, right. to, and so as we were commanding these spirits to surface and come out, these mm-hmm. memories were coming with it wow. because it's attached to that. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it, that's kind of how that all started. Um, and it, it made, began to make sense. Different things in, throughout my life began to make sense of why um, I remembered these pieces like this before. And, it, mm-hmm. uh, and then as I went through deliverance and inner healing as well, um, sure. a lot, there was a lot of healing. You know, I kind of came out of my shell. I didn't, um, mm. at first I couldn't cry. 
Okay. I didn't, like I would tell people what happened to me, like I was telling them what I had for lunch. And wow. it was just kind of strange. So emotionless, right? Um, yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I got to a point where I cried like a lot. Like I would come to church and I would, almost a whole year I'd cry during the service and mm-hmm. it had to come out. Exactly. Um, but then there's things that like memories and inner healing that where the Lord redeems memories. And one was the closet. Um, okay. I was on this, you know, here I'd been pushed off the swing and mm-hmm. the Lord showed me he'd been there in the closet with me. Really? And, then, and at the end of that, Aww. he's at, after he showed me that, then he showed me him pushing me on the swing. Oh my goodness. And it was just, it took that memory from like, now I I smile when I say that. And I think people probably think, what is up with this? And she's smiling, but because it's actually one of my favorite memories now, because that's what I see when I tell that story, I see Jesus pushing me on the swing. Wow. And an amazing testimony. I love that. That's great. That's, you know, what, you know, it's what he does. I, Mm. he's right there. He doesn't leave us. He says, he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he's there. Mm-hmm. through it all amen amen wow that is that's so awesome how he redeems our life he redeems our past and you know now you can look back and you can smile like the smile that i see on your face i know now is genuine right like yes, yes. it's not a facade anymore it's not a mask and so tell us a story about tell us the story joy you shared with me about the broken glass the vision um, that you had that that's really precious yeah so um I had been going through deliverance and really at the time that was kind of all we thought was needed and we didn't really understand inner healing. And then one day, um, John George was ministering to me and he said, well, are there any little girl parts there? Um, and all of a sudden it was like, I was literally like, just looked like a a little child, like a two year old and the Lord, I couldn't talk because here's two, I couldn't explain much what was happening, but Mm-hmm. Um, later I had, I shared what I was seeing and it's pretty neat because I'd never had visions that I knew of before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord showed me that he had, there were all these broken pieces of glass that looked like broken pieces of glass and it was my soul, but it, he had, he said, I have every piece, not one piece is missing. Wow. It's all right here in my hands. Wow. And he was going to put that all back together. Because that's where he came to heal the brokenhearted. And yeah. um, and then when he put his hands together, he showed it coming back out mm. um, whole. And okay. it's like that glass, those, if you've ever seen, um, it's like crackled glass. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like, but kind of a mm-hmm. golden yellow glow, like wow. light. And it just gave me that hope in that moment. Because at that time, it was very hard. Mm-hmm. Lots of memories were coming up and you felt like I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to get healed. Yeah. Like this is a lot. And yeah. it was that hope in that moment that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can come back. I mean, as a matter of fact, um, one of the things that they used to kind of make you feel like you'd never, that the occult used to make me feel like I would never be healed was a nursery rhyme of Humpty Dumpty. Okay. And I don't like to say it because it, because uh, I don't like, but the Lord, actually mm-hmm. redeemed that and it was like him showing that, that you know humpty dumpty mm-hmm. sat on the wall humpty dumpty had a great fall all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put humpty together again mm-hmm. and then he said but the king of kings can 
Wow, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and that was the picture too of that glass of sure. Oh, wow. This isn't too much for me, is what he was saying. Oh, I've got it all right here. Yeah. Wow, that is so amazing. I love it. So, Joy, how did the how did all of this? You know, I this isn't in our questions that I sent you, but I think it. I think you'll be able to go with it. Um, so, how did it affect your? You know, your marriage, like all of this. I'm sure that your husband he didn't know this when he no, married you. No. Right? And sometimes that's been hard for him. And like, like, you know, I didn't know any of this, um, but he's been very supportive and, um, awesome. and really just like, hmm. he's been really good about it. That's yeah, amazing. Very supportive. Important. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation, you know, but thank God he put you in the right marriage. Um, You've been married 27 years, so God has obviously been very faithful to you. You know, you said you have seven children, and um, are you still homeschooling them? So my twins are the the youngest are twins. They're 18, and um, one is in YWAM right now in Kona. Oh, yes. And the other one is finishing up online schooling. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we pretty much are kind of out of that phase, but they're – uh, it's exciting. He just found out where he's going to go on his outreach. If you're YWAM is youth with a mission. Uh, yes. And you go into a discipleship training program. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing now where they're training him. And then he'll go on an outreach um, oh. to another country and share the gospel. And, Praise uh, you know, and that that's one of the really beautiful things is that he's redeemed our family. Like our children mm-hmm. are walking with the Lord and they love the Lord. Um, yeah. He's at YWAM. My other daughter um, went to a program called Axe, and mm-hmm. she went to Nepal and India with that. Oh. It's just really nice. That's so awesome. I mean, the Lord, you know, the promise in Joel, I will restore the years the locusts have eaten, right? I mean, he does restore. He gives back to us. Um, So how many, how long has it been, Joy, since you've um, really felt free, like freedom from, I mean, I'm sure it's still a walk of of faith Mm -hmm. because when you go through such trauma, I don't know if you'd agree, but I would think when you go through trauma such as you did, it's something that you that could creep up at any time, mm-hmm. like little things, little memories. Um, sure. And when that does, how do you, how do you deal with that? So I really believe the Lord through like the inner healing and things. The Lord taught me how to take everything to Him. How mm. to when a memory comes up and it's scary to just to yeah. one surrender it to Him. Like if I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't something happens. I don't know what this is about to give it to him, surrender it to him. And in his time, he's going to reveal what I need to know. I may not need to know much. Right. And I've learned that, um, you know, he's shown me like so many different things. It's like the kingdom of heaven is within us. And he taught me how to sit at his, you know, sit at his feet in that Mm -hmm. secret place and, and get the truth from him. And that's where he would redeem memories where he'd replace lies with truth. You know, mm-hmm. I like <laughs> one of my favorite parables is when Jesus said, talk about leaving the 99 for the one and all through scripture, he does that, you know, mm-hmm. he did it with Paul. He did it with all the disciples. Really. He yes. handpicked them all. He did it with the woman at the well and the, mm-hmm. the woman who is going to be stoned. He left mm-hmm. the 99 Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did with me. He left the 99 to Praise rescue you me and he he does it with each one of us he does you know it is from glory to glory and we're in a process of sanctification and as a matter of fact just this past summer 
Mm -hmm. I went through a really rough time where the mm -hmm. heaviness came upon me and it was very tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had some more deliverance. It's like peeling an onion. Sure. You know? That's good. We're, we're never going to be fully, fully healed till we're face to face with him. Right. No long, but we can always be better than we are today. But I love that, you know, like, it's not like we have to, like, you know, how you had that smile all the time. We don't have to come across anymore like we're perfect, like no. we have it all together. I mean, I know, like, my, my journey as well. It, it Day by day, year by year, you can look back and say, well, I've grown, you know. Hopefully we can look back and say, I've come a long way. You know, I've grown this year. But it doesn't mean we're finished, that God's okay. finished with us. It doesn't mean we're where we should be, but we press forward to that. You know, we press forward in Christ to become all that he wants us to be. And I think that's the important key of walking with the Lord. We don't have to be perfect yeah. when we fall. You know, when we do something, we just get right back up. Okay, God. And remember even that glass all put back together that, you know, it's so amazing. That's something that you can look back and, and say, wow, God has done amazing things. So how is, um, how was, Growing up with your adoptive family, like oh, they're wonderful. Overall. They're wonderful. They're awesome. great, loving family. My um, mom's fam comes from a big family, and so mm. and all her siblings, her parents, wonderful. My dad is has one sibling, and his mm. parents were really great. Um, I was really blessed with a wonderful adoptive family where they mm. and they, you know, I say adoptive family to to make sure I um, distinguish as I'm talking about like the foster family and that abuse, I would never want someone to mistake that yes. they were part of that because not at all. Yes. Um, and also because people will ask, Oh, are you talking about your real parents or your, and I'm like, my adoptive family is my real parents. Is so real normally parents? under every day in everyday circumstances, they're just my mom and dad. They're not I don't exactly qualify that at all. They're my parents. Yeah. And, awesome. you know, I, I do like to sh also share that, um, you know, we can tend to, in situations like this, look at generational curses mm -hmm. or spirits that attach to families and things like that. Right. But, you know, there's generational blessings, too. Wow. And that. God showed me one where, you know, like sometimes when you're adopted, you get the stuff from your biological family and then from foster family and from um, your adopted family. It Because in the spirit realm, they all had authority over you in your life right. spiritually. Yeah. And, and it can be bad and good. So there's good things I got from all of them too, I'm sure. Right. Um, but my adopted family and you, and this is something that's typically a, hered a um, hereditary thing. Yes. There's twins in my, uh, there's no twins in my biological family. According to my, I bet my birth mother, she said there's no twins. Wow. Um, but my, my adopted family, there must be eight sets of twins within like two or three generations. Wow. Within mine. <laughs> I <laughs> and that, that, like, that was a generational blessing that God gave to me wow. without being, you know, genetically related to them. And yeah. I just love it because it's, you know, that adoption was real, not just in the natural, but in the spirit realm. Yeah. It's like God gave you their bloodline. Yes. You know? yes. Isn't that so that cool? Yes. I love that. That is yeah. amazing. Like that is a miracle. Amen. I mean, <laughs> and it really shows you the adoption that we have in the Lord too. Like we're we're no longer part. Mm -hmm. We're no longer sons of say, you know, yeah, sons and daughters of the Father of this world. We've been adopted into Amen. the family of God. Wow! And so we yeah. inherit all of that. That is awesome. 
Goodness. Where, where are your twins? Where did they fall? Um, the, in, last. The, the last. The <laughs> last. I laugh at that because I well, said if they were first, I might not have had more kids. <laughs> they were great kids, but, you know, having twins is a Sure. A I lot. can imagine. That would be a journey. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, Joy, why don't you tell us, what are you doing today? So, I am um, a pastor at Revival Church, and mm-hmm. I minister uh, deliverance and sometimes inner healing with John George mm-hmm. Ministries. Awesome. Um, and then I am a mom and a wife, and I ha- I also do caregiving. I have a caregiving mm-hmm. business where I take care of elderly people in their homes. Wow. Um, and then we're also, my husband and I are working on a Christian apparel company. So Yeah, you shared that. Busy. <laughs> That's exciting. Yes. Wow. So you are definitely a busy woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, God has really redeemed your life and now he's using it for the glory of God. And, and I just love to hear the testimony you shared about your family as well, because, you know, um, it's like the curse is broken. Not that we don't have our battles, um, you know, and we don't have to go to battle. Right. Because I know that as a mom, um, you know, the battle does belong to the Lord, but we still have to go to battle sometimes. Right. But I just love your story and um, what you're doing and all that God has done. And, and you mentioned John George Ministries. And of course, John and Nikki are very close friends of ours. We've known them for several years and that's how we actually met you. So we're just so privileged and honored to have you today. Uh, what would you say in closing, uh, Joy, to those who've maybe been through trauma, abuse, even occult um, practices, or maybe they've you know, uh, given their life to Satan? I mean, we don't talk about that very often, but it happens and God sets people free. But what would your closing words be for those who may be watching? Well, the fact is the people that perpetrated the abuse on me did it because that's what was done to them. Hmm. Okay. And, you know, people, there's, there's hope for everyone. And Mm -hmm. the Lord, you can't, you can't sell your soul. You can't permanently give it away. If you have given your life to Satan Mm-hmm. Jesus is there yes. to accept you with open arms. You know, there's no pit too deep that he can't pull you out of. Amen. He can pull you out and clean you up and set you on a right path. And um, I just encourage like to, to, you just have to take all he needs is your yes. He doesn't mm-hmm. need any more than that. He'll do the rest. If you're mm-hmm. just, you know, and for people who have experienced trauma and abuse, it's the same thing. That mm-hmm. surrender, surrendering your memories, surrendering those things that feel too big to be healed to him because he he can take it all. He can carry it all. His shoulders are, are big enough. Mm-hmm. And he's got such great things in store for you um, to be healed. And it's not and also that this isn't what he wanted for you. He didn't. He's not the author. That's a good point. Pain. Yeah. or your abuse at all. He didn't yeah. want any of it. He was there all the time for you mm-hmm. and with you, but he doesn't take people's free will. That's true. Right. So, and that's a very good point. I think joy, like a lot of times people say, well, this was my lot in life. This was no. meant to be. God gave this to me because I needed to learn, but I agree with you 100%. This is, this was not God's will. This is not his ideal. He, he never wanted this for you. He didn't. And for those who are watching who've been through sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, or even occult abuse, for those watching, I can say it's not, it was not God's will 
that you went through that. I mean, like you, Joy, you experienced Jesus with you at times. And and as you got older and you got free, you realized that God was with you all the time. He was there to comfort Mm -hmm. you. It wasn't his will that you went through that, nor was it his will that anybody who's viewing today that you've experienced abuse in, in any form. Because God's a loving Father, and He wants to redeem you today. And I'm, I'm so blessed by this amazing, powerful testimony. Uh, God takes our mess, and He gives us a message. You know, we go through the test, and He gives us a testimony. It's um, not always pleasant journey, mm-hmm. and you know, but but one day, you know, we're going to be standing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and because we've given our life to him and surrendered our life. And I think that's the important thing too. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of forgiveness that you had to go through. You had to forgive probably yourself as well. Would you like to share on that? You know, that's Mm -hmm. one of the most important things in healing is forgiveness. Um, Being able to look and say, look at all that I've been forgiven of. I have no right to hold anything against anyone. Mm -hmm. And, and to know, to be able to see and ask the Lord, sometimes it's hard to forgive, but when you ask him, how does he see the person? What does he want to tell you about them? Sometimes mm-hmm. he'll show you what I just said, that they experience, they did what they did because of what they experienced. They're just a wounded person who exactly. doesn't know any better. And yeah. I wanted to mention that too, that there, if there's anybody who's watching who has been a perpetrator or an abuser, there's forgiveness for you too. There is nothing yes. too big for the Amen. Lord to cover. That's a good point. Yeah, very good point. And and I agree with you, Joy. God wants to set each and every one free. I mean, I'm often reminded of the thief on the cross, you know, he had done so much, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he sinned so much, he did so much evil, but Jesus was beside him on the cross and he forgave him. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. He didn't even have to walk out his life. I mean, God forgave him at that very moment. And, you know, he was dying but God is so redemptive. He can reach down even with our last breath and save us, you know, in that nick of time. I mean, what an amazing God we serve. Yes. Well, what a powerful testimony. Um, God can do anything. Amen. And I know that he wants to uh, do it for you today. So I just want to pray. So maybe I'll pray, Joy, and then you can pray as well. But let's just pray for our viewers today, for those who are watching, who've been touched, who've been, you know, really encouraged. I mean, okay, maybe many of us haven't gone through what Joy has gone through, but there's still things that you're hanging on to. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's bitterness. You know, maybe there's something you need to say, God, i Forgive myself. Choose to forgive yourself. Choose to accept his forgiveness so you can have the joy that that our sister Joy has. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, God wants to give you joy. And I love your name. What an appropriate name. And I remember that. I'm sorry, I'm going back now. But I remember you shared with me that you were named that at birth. Yeah. How that name stuck with you. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yes. And the Lord told me that he chose my name. joy. I love it. All right. Let us pray. Father, we we do thank you for this amazing story of redemption. Father, I know that you're such an 
a loving father that you can take each and every one of us and wrap your loving arms around them. Even as you were with joy in the closet and even how she had the vision of you pushing her on the swing. Father, you were with her every step of the way. Father, you were with her from the day she was born until the day she was set free from that that home and adopted and even today. So God, I just thank you for each and every viewer that's watching. I pray that you will touch their hearts, that you will give them uh, peace and you will give them forgiveness and you will help them to just realize and understand that no matter what they're going through, that you are with them. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Lord, I just ask that you would um, comfort each and every person who's watched this, who's um, in their process of healing from trauma and mm. from past hurts and abuses, that you would come alongside them, that you would show them where you were all along, that yes. you would heal their broken hearts. Mm -hmm. You would um, draw them near to you, that you would leave the 99 and go after that one. Mm-hmm. Yes, that you would go on that amazing rescue mission and save their soul. Yes, bring them back from that that brink of despair and the um, hopelessness. That you would um, draw them closer to you, and that mm. they would know that their hope is in you. That you're that anchor in their life, Lord. Mm -hmm. That you will turn. Uh, you will take um, make beauty for ashes. That yes. what was was horrific. That you won't you will turn to good. You didn't are not the author of it, but that you will make everything um, yes. good in its time, that you will turn it all around for their good and for their blessing. And I just pray, Lord, that you would um, use this testimony to reach the, the hearts of whoever it is that you yeah. are um, wanting to bring healing to, yes. wanting to bring that um, healing from trauma to. In Jesus' yes, amen. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joy. It's been an honor to have you. And I know that many people are going to be touched by your testimony. Thank you so much for tuning in to Girl Talk. On our next broadcast, I will have my dear friend, Nancy Burpee. She'll be sharing her story on how she came to know the Lord and how she and her husband were called into full-time ministry. Her story will continue as she shares her journey of finding out that she had stage four breast cancer. She will share how God carried her through that difficult season. You're not going to want to miss it. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review for the podcast. For now, God bless. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to Girl Talk with Lynn Blakeney. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media to receive notifications of new episodes and important updates. We'll catch you next time.